0: hi there welcome to shrink chat this is the companion show to our main podcast terror talk my name is shannon and i'm joined every week by my friend kathy on this show we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up it's a bit looser so hang out and welcome to shrink chat hi everyone this is shrink chat with shannon and kathy
1: hello Hi.
0: Kathy sings to me before the show. Isn't she sweet? Yeah. I, it, you just it's like just a, a sweetie.
1: Like, like a lullaby.
0: Yeah. Usually with something really disgusting. Yeah. It's usually about something disgusting. Yes. Only in a lyrical tune. Very sweet tune. <laughs> so I feel taken care of while listening to something <laughs> disgusting. So literally the horror. <laughs> of our situation that's the horror right to feel lulled by the horror yes to feel lulled by the grossness correct okay i'm glad it's correct i wanted to say that i don't i think maybe you saw this but joe bob and darcy of the last drive-in got cleared to have a fourth season it's awesome as well as the specials they, they have usually... enough of a following i would imagine yeah and they also I mean, if we're talking entertainment industry, if you watched season three, which just completed, you will you have understood that they had celebrity guests. Mm-hmm. They intentionally did a lot of things that were very mainstream and favorite cult movies of a lot of people. Several of the movies are favorite movies of mine, including Audition. And yeah, couple, they did some and good A couple ones. of others. And that is, I mean... Y'all know that's a way to get people to come and watch, and that's also a way to elevate your brand. And they did that this year. And Mm -hmm. some people were disgruntled by that, like the old drive-in Joe Bob Monster Vision fans are like... There's two mainstream Barbara blah, Brown. Blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah. And we watched Things or whatever that movie was. So yeah. there was a, a yin and a yang to the right. you know, they had Eli Roth on for twelve hours, but they also they really showed did. things. They yeah. really did
1: have him on for he twelve was, hours. He
0: was exhausting.
1: He's pretty boring. That
0: guy. <laughs> he was really exhausting. Whatever you think about his movies, it was kind of it needed an edit. Like Jericho was the best guest. He was well, he's very entertaining. He's hilarious. Have you listened to his podcast? He's he's no, a pretty but, entertaining dude. But I kinda dude. want to now. Yeah, he's an entertaining dude, so but I wanted to mention they got a fourth season, so that's exciting. And it's exciting on our Discord too, because then we will continue to watch them. We literally have a channel for the last drive in, so Uh, I did want to mention that you know it's it's July 2nd today so happy 4th of July yay Yay. and uh, I did the July schedule for the discord and we're watching lots of summer flicks we're doing shark week which I'll talk about more next week Uh, watching lots of horror shark flicks and uh, our normal Thursday night movies which are super fun near dark etc we'll talk about it later but join us because we would like to have you on our Patreon because we enjoy it. The other thing we, we actually just did is we wrapped up a book we of did. our, we have a horror thriller book club as part of our Patreon membership. And we are often reading more than one book at once, FYI. But we just finished uh, Clive Barker's Mr. Be Gone. Mm-hmm. And just before we recorded this episode, we had our book club, which I love. This book actually brought up a lot of, Interesting chat. So tell the folks what you thought of the book. Miss Kathy.
1: Um, oh my gosh. I don't know. There's Mr. Be gone. Yeah. I overall, I liked it. Yeah. I think it took a little bit of getting into, I think the first there's not, it's not broken up into chapters. There's like mm-hmm. no There's breaks, no chapters. page breaks and stuff. Um. But I would say the, the first like quarter of the book, it took some warming up. Okay. But then once it moved into it, it intrigued me and it's really like a, a war between heaven and hell told from the perspective of one of the demons as the narrator and who's trapped in the book. And it's a, it's a cool uh, concept. Mm-hmm. And there were some really great elements. Barker, the, the second half of the book, he becomes very vivid in his descriptions between the angels and the demons. And, and there's some, you know, dark humor in there and you start to care about the characters a little bit more. And, yeah, I mean, overall, it was entertaining. I don't think I'd read it again.
0: Yeah, it's a different kind of book. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about in the book club how Barker is not does not shy away from doing different kinds of things in his career with his writing. He doesn't always write horror, and this was a departure from some of the things he's most known for. I have not read a lot of Clive Barker, but a couple. But the other, but a couple of the people um, that we were talking about the book with. Uh, have read a lot of Barker. Like they, um, Blue and Ice, both sounded like they have a, a knowledge of his overall work, and I don't. So that's an interesting take for me. I think Blue was saying like the the more complex he's got, like if he's going to describe twelve things and layer them, he's really good at that. But then when he's got one point to make, it takes twenty pages and it gets a little laborious. Yeah. At least in this book, right? I think you were also saying that the last, I guess, third of the book became really vivid and exciting for you.
1: Yeah, I think the way that Barker depicts some of these scenes um, between, it's not really between heaven and hell because they're on earth, but it's between the angels and the demons and the the the, the main demon, the narrator, ends up in some ways be, becoming, uh, taking a back seat and almost just giving us more of the story through his lens versus the beginning of the book. That's much more about him. And I think that's another reason why I liked the second half is because I didn't really care that much about him. So once we had more people involved in relation to him and how they were affecting him and, and and what was going on in the world, then it became not relatable. I, I don't see angels and demons when I'm walking around, but I also think there was a lot of, metaphor used and i don't know it just it became much more complex and integrative and visual and less about this narrator that i really ended up not caring very much about
0: right when the world expanded right for sure and when he i was joking about how he's kind of a whinger he's kind of a whiner he is a whiner i mean whinge is the british version of whining (laughs) he's kind of a whinger he's just like whines about stuff and that gets very annoying at some points and he kind of goes on and on about certain things and so i totally agree once once his once the real demon bad guy was in the story and bad guy violent things started to happen there was two three four scenes that were really great as Mm -hmm. far as I could see them really visually and vividly. You could tell it's like his stuff is made for the cinema, you know, because yeah. I could really see those things happening. There's one butcher shop scene and there's, a, you know, a heaven and hell war kind of scene. And there's some scenes in there that are very vivid and wonderful. And I really, really yeah. absolutely enjoy that. Yeah. And, and And along those lines, so I know this book got, pretty panned and i i read this to the book club but i was looking at the kirkus review for this book and the line is an affected and pathetic narrative nothing would be lost by confining it to the ninth circle of hell yeah so you know i big, can see why i'm there for that i can book. see
1: why a lot of people wouldn't like it yes it's different and yeah. one of
0: the things i love about the book club is that uh i we have the Patrons pick along the way and so just like any book club because those of you have been in a book club, you know Everybody picks right like you get to so that way you read different stuff Mm -hmm. and you read stuff You never would have I would have never read this book and so I Appreciate reading all the different things and so our next book is World War Z Mm -hmm. Which is another book I wouldn't read Necessarily or choose to read on my own, but I'm looking forward to it. We're Mm -hmm. gonna read that this summer and then Some of us will probably read a second or third book. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, we like it. So, but on that note with Mr. Be Gone, we're going to do a giveaway. If you would like, this item was donated by one of our friends and patrons who we refer to as Pepper. She has a CD, actually, of the Mr. Be Gone by Clive Barker book, uh, so an audio version, but a CD version. And the person that plays Mr. Begon, who is the narrator we were discussing, is... Uh, is Doug Bradley, who's pinhead from razor Hellraiser. Nice. So that's the voice. Oh, of that'll Mr. be Yeah. So yeah. that's really awesome. So if you're interested in that, what I'm going to do is uh, you're going to go to our Twitter page. And by the time this episode airs there on, on Friday, July 2nd, there will be a pin. I will pin to the top of our Twitter, a question. It'll be a trivia question. <laughs> about this episode. So I haven't even made the question yet because, because we haven't finished recording the episode, but it'll be a trivia question. So you're going to go to at TalkTerror, which is our Twitter. Uh, give us a follow if you like, because that'd be cool. And then in that pinned tweet, you're going to comment. So use a comment of the right answer to the question, right? So if you get the question, if you answer the the first person to answer the question right, I will... Uh, direct message you or you can just direct message me or at TalkTerror your information so that I can send you the CD. Awesome. Yay. I love that it's in his voice. Doug Bradley. That's really from cool. Hellraiser, one of my very favorite movies. Unpopular opinion. I love Hellraiser also. <laughs> Me too. I think most people like the first one. It's the franchise that people pan because yeah. the movies kind of go to shit. I even like the second one. Though. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I There are pieces of each one that I kind of enjoy. Mm-hmm. So They just each have a different quality. Someday I'll have to do a Hellraiser like, series discussion or something. Maybe I'll do them as my watches, you know, yep. on our show. You're also... I believe we talked about my best friend's, I talked about my best friend's exorcism by Grady Hendrix on the show a while back and you immediately
1: bought it. And what's your take so far? I'm obsessed. <laughs> nice. I'm obsessed. <laughs> uh, you weren't kidding. First of all, the book, cause I'm such a visual person, total Libra. Let's, let's talk about Libra astrology. <laughs> um, we're very visual and, and the book looks like, the cover of an eighties VHS tape. Yeah, that's that's kind of worn down. Yeah. So actually, when I first got the book, I'm like, I didn't buy it used. And I open, <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so cool! And it's uh, got like the cute. the stickers on it, like you would see on the old VHS tapes. Yes. Um, it almost looks like, from a distance, it looks like the cover of Labyrinth. Yeah. You oh, know, so right. it has just all, already like aesthetically, it's awesome. You know, and then it's everything from my childhood or obsession with ET all the way through the, and just the female bonding stuff all mixed in. And I think they say this in in the back of the book, it's a combination of 16 candles and a horror story. Like totally it's the coolest ride ever. (laughs) And I'm 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 only, I'm only like, a quarter in because I was finishing Mr. Be Gone but yeah, we're yeah. getting a break with the holiday and I'm going to take it yep. on the plane with me and I'm like between that and watching Black Mirror season five yes. it's going to be my yes. yeah my self-care nice it's Ooh. so much Black for- Mirror
0: self-care that's hilarious it's uh, better than
1: grading papers oh yeah for sure this See? is really I recommend anyone who loved it, like whether you were a child of the 80s or have some association with it and like the pop culture around it or liked the choose your own adventure books or whatever just this is so good. Yeah, do yourself yeah. a favor. I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you took my advice
0: and like immediately yeah. got it because I just as soon as I was reading, I was like, Kathy, what this love this. It, I love this so much. And let me tell you, yeah. it, it like gets there. Like even though the first quarter of the book or the first third of the book is. Heavily with that stuff, and then it gets more into more of the story and the exorcism and stuff. It's always set in the '80s, so there's always little bits and pieces along the way, but it goes heavy into their relationship and stuff. So I think you're really gonna like it. Just
1: yeah, it's it's getting. It, I think I'm at the point where um, they've just taken her home from that night. And she's like, what happened to sure, me? Sure, yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm like, here it
0: go. <laughs> here she's tripping. Go. go get her. Yeah, no, perfect. <laughs> I'm really glad you're enjoying it. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to a new patron we have uh, whose name is Steve. So thank you so much for becoming a patron. We, you know, go check us out if you want to give us a little support. We would love to have you there. We do extra content on the, uh, you don't even have to join the discord if you don't want to, although that's where we hang out a lot and uh watch stuff and do our book club but you don't have to do that you can just become a patron and there's extra content mini casts every week on our on our patreon so thank you steve for becoming a new patron and next we'd like to do a little segment we like to call Mm -hmm. horror facts with kath take it away okay Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. shannon
1: you ready yeah i'm so ready you always get these okay okay sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Number one. I hate mm, you. Mm -hmm. This movie was Marvel's first critical and financial success in cinemas saving the superhero genre. (laughs) Okay. Number two. An early version of the movie had a scene with a vampire fetus in a jar for testing weapons. That's what it was in the jar (laughs) for. Yeah. (laughs) The studio thought it was off-putting, so they left it out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You think? Yep. Number three, this vampire has a moral compass, so he doesn't act out on his bloodlust, but he's often tempted. Hmm. Number four, he was known as the Daywalker, unaffected by sunlight. Curing him of his need for blood would take that power away. Like the main character? Mm hmm. Okay. And then the last one is he himself is a vampire hunter.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Blade. Yeah, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Funny how you mm-hmm. forgot all the facts. Well, it's <laughs> funny. Well, you know what's the most
1: funny? Actually, I didn't I remember half of those. I don't think yeah. about it as
0: a Marvel movie.
1: Exactly. That, that's yeah. really. I thought it was. Really in, why. I thought it was interesting that it it saved. I didn't know that it had saved all that though. That's
0: probably the fact that messed me up because Mm -hmm. I just don't think about it that way because it didn't matter at the time. Right. Yeah. When blade came out, we weren't doing these like massive world building franchises. At least I don't remember it that way. Yep. So yeah, no, I was, I I don't even think about it as a Marvel movie, but yeah, blade, I just rewatched blade. Well, I probably, I probably watch it every year, but I watched it recently a couple of months back after not having watched it mm. for several years. and oh, I really enjoyed it. I still enjoy that movie. I mean, it's got the cheesy tropes of that time yeah. and all of that, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So, yay. Thank cool. you so much for that. Right. So, we did a buddy watch of Dead Calm. So, what we're doing right now through July and August is that every other week on Shrink Chat, we are picking... Kathy picks a movie from her past that she loves as a favorite, and then I do. So this week it was Kathy's pick, mm-hmm. which was Dead Calm. And we try to pick things that are not, you know, things we talk about constantly. So you're not allowed to pick Scream <laughs> <laughs> or Lost Boys or Lost Boys. Yeah. Just you're not allowed. So sorry. And, and I have a special surprise for you, oh, which is the original trailer. To oh Dead wow. Com, 1989. Which is quite brief, so don't worry, it's not going to take up a lot of time, but you will it will be dated because this is when trailers had a particular voice associated with mm-hmm. them. So I'm gonna play it real quick. Here we go.
1: Alone on a sea of endless calm. It was easy to imagine they were the only two people on earth. But into their perfect world, there came a stranger.
0: Stand off!
1: Trying to take her across the Pacific on your own? No. There were six of us. Yeah, this died ten days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do that. He's fast asleep. He won't even know. you're pretty what about those people huh there wasn't any food poisoning what's there no way! Boss goes on you think I'm making this up no I don't you sound so much like them, Ray. it's scary <laughs> ah, yes. yeah Dead Calm. A voyage into fear. From the makers of The Road Warrior and Mad Max. (laughs) <laughs> I like
0: that little part at the end. Yeah, they're like advertising their other stuff at the time. But I just thought you might enjoy that because, of course, it's got the guy who did all the movie trailers. At that time? In the 1980s. Totally. Like that's it, that it, guy's voice, yeah, right? Yeah, he
1: had a good voice, too. Yeah,
0: and then like 10 years later, they found a different guy that sounded just like him, and he did all the movie trailers. It's like a twi- quite the cottage industry, you know, that was his living. So mm-hmm. it was just interesting. I
1: thought, what was it like to watch this movie for you again? Or why did you pick it? Or I remember it being so my older brothers were always like my biggest influence for watching horror and thrill and my mom too. Like we all grew up it was like such a big genre in our house. I think other than my dad and um, he had great taste, but like other genres. And so I remember this being one of those that my brother was like, Kathy, you have to watch this and like Billy Zane's so creepy in it. And it was like such an early movie for Nicole Kidman. I think it may have been before days of thunder or around that time, and it so I have some memories around it being really creepy when I was younger and watching it. And Billy Zane's character just really creeped me out, and the idea of her being left there with him and just his mm-hmm. like very sadistic and 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 predatorial, like, yeah. weird whatever. When I watched it this time, it it felt different. It just felt more like a movie for me, than <laughs> yeah. something, right? Although his his delivery and his performance is still incredibly creepy, mm-hmm. um, it just felt different. You watched it at different times in your life.
0: Absolutely, I didn't remember this movie. I mean, once I started watching, it, I I do remember it, yeah. but I it, it didn't you know it didn't hit me in the way it did you, or I didn't watch it back in the day in the way you did. Mm-hmm. So, I would say. I prefer cape fear which is basically the same type of idea yeah. right mm-hmm. um just a much more complex story but it's the same type of idea in a different mm-hmm. in a different way i personally oh my god these this this is like home invasions are the worst kind of movies for me i i really they find them very disturbing yeah and this is that this is basically that <laughs> you're on a boat in the middle of nowhere doing your thing feeling like you're safe in the world and then you're invaded and there's really nowhere to go i mean what's what's more isolating it's an isolation horror what's more isolating than being on a boat in the middle of nowhere like pirates etc like anybody can just come up to your boat come aboard and take over with violence sure. so that's this type of situation and that is incredibly scary to me. So I was like, la, 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 la in the beginning. But I will say that after the initial anxiety of knowing that the person's coming towards the boat, I'm like, this is what's happened. Oh no, oh no, oh no. They're, he's going to get on there and he's going to kill everyone and rape and pillage. And I don't know what's going to happen because I really didn't remember the movie. So there was all of that anxiety, which we get from watching horror about what's going to happen. So once once it actually was starting to execute, what was happening and then nicole kidman was trying to get out of it or whatever you know try to save herself etc i did not find it as horrifying going forward mm. because but there was a bunch of anxiety for me in the different kinds of ways you know of course she's she's being held captive and so then she tries three, four, five different ways where she's trying to get on the you know trying to dose them with drugs and trying to get on the phone to on the um, radio to get help and all of that. And you just keep, you have that anxiety there's that she's going to get suspense that she's going to get caught. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of, so suspense. there's that suspense. So I did yeah. feel that way um, from time to time, but I also did not find it as scary as I thought no. I might.
1: I remember the, the, the very last scene from when I was a kid, that scene where he, you know, comes back and his hands are all bloody and all that stuff. Um But I, I also thought the other part that made made it somewhat scary as he intentionally gets Sam Neill off the boat. So she he's left with her and Sam right. Neil's just, you know, distracted trying to do this good deed as he's about to get killed over there. So yeah, you know, it, it's, I haven't watched it since I was younger and it's just yeah. interesting to rewatch it, but I like all three of those actors.
0: Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes, yes, absolutely. Cool.
0: Right on. Uh, You know what I forgot to do or forgot to talk about before we started getting
1: into movies is you were going to talk about Halloween Kills, I think. I'm just excited. I know by the time this airs, it's been out probably now for close to a week, but the much, the very anticipated trailer for Halloween Kills finally came out. Mm -hmm. The movie comes out this October, October 15th, right around my birthday. I'm super excited and we'll get to see it in the theater, which is really cool. Very
0: cool. I'm going to play. Do we have a, do we have a, yeah, you want to play a little piece of it? Let's, I mean, I realize maybe you guys, but you know, why not? We like hearing It's a lot of visual, so I cut off the beginning of the trailer because that's really just looking at um, You know badass Michael Myers, so Hold on My grandmother was right The boogeyman was real. It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again
1: No one told you told me what Somebody in there Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach! You and Allison
0: should not have to keep running. Evil
1: dies tonight. I'm not just gonna sit and watch another innocent person die. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. We do. We fight. Let's hunt him down.
0: Michael Myers is flesh and blood.
1: But a man couldn't have survived that fire. The more he kills, the more he transcends. Run! Go home now! He's the essence of evil. How many? T- i don't care how many times halloween comes out with jamie lee curtis in it i will go see it <laughs> and the trailers are always so awesome that she'll people- be in it till she's dead as far as we're concerned know, people just keep making them well people are just like this franchise needs to end i'm like why just no, shut up it's just shut up and go enjoy it why does it have to end there's only They're two good. more anyway they're good. They're what so other,
0: good. I mean, what other franchise are still making pretty good movies? I mean, Child's Play is making some okay movies along right. the way. I mean, we're not getting Amazing Friday the Thirteenth. We're not getting Amazing Hellraisers. We're not getting anything like these. Are
1: actually these last couple of films are good. Well, and I think with with Child's Play and all of that, I think the understanding is that it it is crappy and, and well, and Leprechauns be, have gone to hell. So right, but I'm saying I think that people go to this believing that it's going to be good and they're like you know stop trying to pretend like this is a still a good friend it's a great franchise and if you don't like it something is really wrong with you oh she's so adamant <sighs> about that this is one of the best if not the best horror franchise sorry
0: no i understand. not sorry uh, I, okay you've heard it here kathy's opinion in case you didn't know <laughs> we know this and that's why we've talked a lot about I mean we've done whole episodes on Michael Myers we did a whole episode on the whole franchise talking about each film so we're good yeah yep so what else did you watch
1: um well first can I just announce that we're doing the Midsummer Night Scream yes absolutely so Shannon and I got our tickets for the LA Horror Convention so uh, it's going to feature a lot of different exhibits. I'm just really excited to finally be going to an event Yeah, that lasts uh, the whole weekend. There's going to be so many different, um, it's actually in Pasadena, I believe. Mm. There's going to be so many different fun. Um, just not only is it going to be horror theme, but they're going to have all the different um like seasonal attractions. A lot of those companies will be there and things like that. So it's just going to be a, a launch to the Halloween season. And I'm glad we're, we're able to go. Cause there was a moment there where we weren't sure it was going to be happening. So, yeah.
0: So they're not doing it in the average way. What they decided, they announced that they weren't doing it. And then, and then everything kind of opened up and they decided to do what's called a pop-up event. So they're kind of, what they're doing is kind of reeling back expectations for everybody who
1: bought a ticket. Cause what what is is don't know if I've done a pop-up event before.
0: Pop-up just mean it's usually smaller in scale. It's usually, you know, they didn't have a year to plan it. Basically they didn't, they haven't been planning it for the year. So they're just doing Uh, like a pop-up event, meaning we're popping it up at the spur of the moment. So basically it's reeling back expectations that it's going to have the money and gravitas and massive, amounts of vendors that they would have normally had for like something that took them a year to plan uh whereas they just literally decided very recently that they were doing it so okay but the tickets weren't that expensive so i mean i'll be excited for whatever
1: (laughs) because we need halloween in our lives we do and it's the launch of the season and so many other fun activities that you and I are going to do after that. Um, fingers crossed, everything fingers stays, crossed, stays kids. the same. Yeah. Uh,
0: so. so, So
1: what did I watch? Let's stay on the Halloween theme. Yes, I please. watched a movie from 1988 called Hack-A-Lantern.
0: Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yes. I so, feel like,
1: yes, I've mentioned it a million years ago, I think. But okay. Like, talk about that. A young boy named Tommy sees his father murdered by his grandfather in a brutal satanic ritual on Halloween night. Years later, as Tommy's grandfather Attempts to initiate him into the cult. A mysterious killer begins preying on the people closest to Tommy. Mm -hmm. So let's just say it's a very incestual film because everything (laughs) stays within the family. But Tommy later on, there's a scene I just want to talk about where Tommy grows up and you know he's rebellious now because he saw his father die and you think he's the killer, right? They (laughs) they said which it it, it ends up not being him. Sorry if you haven't seen it, Ah. Um, but there's there's a scene he joins a band. Mm-hmm. and there's a scene where he does this music video, and there's a scene where um, they're singing a song called The Devil's Son, mm-hmm. and the lead singer is, like, shooting out green lasers out of her eyes, which causes the lead guitarist's head to explode. It's, like, it's just a very <laughs> – you're watching it, and it's supposed to be cool, like, the effects of that time. And it's pretty hysterical. It's hilarious. Yeah. I um, mean, it's a fun one. It's a fun, culty one. So I was yeah. like, you know, I'm on this – I've been watching a lot of them that are like on Halloween night, these slashers, these cult ones. And I came across this when I said, sounds kind of fun. You're it just, was fun. You're just jonesing it's, for the Halloween. The power is in the blood. Oh, that nice. What they're talking about there, Shannon, is they mean within <laughs> the family. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah, that, that means genetics. I would have needed some assistance with understanding that. That's why that. I explained it. Thank you so much. I watched a movie called The Gin. 2021 horror mystery thriller, hour and 22 minutes. Uh, let me just read the little synopsis. Uh, it's just a line, really. A mute boy becomes trapped in his apartment with a sinister monster after making a wish to fulfill his heart's greatest desire. So it is rated R because there's some s- disturbing violence in it. But let me just say I don't think this movie is getting enough attention. Okay. It's a great one all right uh i mean it's considered an indie horror i really enjoyed it and so i don't want to ruin it (laughs) but uh the performance by the lead there's a this kid that's the lead performer obviously uh ezra dewey and he's exceptional you know it's got it's well paced it's scary it's effective there's a monster you know i just I was scared and it was good. (laughs) And I don't know why other people like, I don't know why it's not gotten more attention, but I do. I mean, it's not a perfect movie. No movie is really. I mean, there's a few maybe, but I just think it needs a little bit more love. Okay. And it's called the gin spelled D G D J I N N. So it's genie in a bottle. Okay. Makes a wish. Oh, it makes a wish. And, you know what that causes? Yeah. That's never good. Don't make wishes on genie bottles Don't. because Sh- this
1: is Shannon's second <laughs> horror rule in a couple of weeks. The other one is if you, if you cut your hair very drastically, <laughs> that's next
0: week's episode. Yeah. So, you know, look up for that.
1: Those oh th- no, that was the Wednesday. Yeah. That was Wednesday when we were talking about seduced. Right. That's right. No, it's when we're talking about, no, it is next week. It's when we're talking about Rosemary's baby. Oh, okay yeah. <laughs> so don't cut your hair too quickly or don't do anything drastic and what's the other one don't make wishes from a genie don't make a wish on a genie bottle just saying
0: not gonna go well yeah i mean as soon as you made the wish i'm like well that's gonna get fucked up right bad and, and it did <laughs> but
1: but a very enjoyable fucked up so there it is
0: what else did you watch
1: Uh, The other one I'll talk about is it's more of an action thriller. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just have to, you know, I missed my Angelina Jolie. (laughs) I'm sorry. Angelina Jolie of of olden day. Uh, So she has a a, a 2021 film called those who wish me dead. Yeah. Um, And I, I thought it was, I heard about that. I, I just I like her people either like her or they don't and I I really like her and it's a a neo-western action thriller directed by (laughs) Taylor Sheridan I love
0: that yeah
1: So Hannah Faber, she is a smoke jumper and struggling after failing to prevent the deaths of three young campers and a fellow smoke jumper in a forest fire. She is now posted in a fire lookout tower in Park County, Montana. As you watch the film, you realize that the the little boy, um, his father is involved in some like mob mess up whatever. So she ends up pairing up with this little boy in this film and both of their performances, I think are great and kind of takes you on this ride. I, I, I just missed her. Yeah, I guess. And, um, fair, right. I, I think that she always, she just, when she's in something, I watch it. Not all of her movies have been great, but to see her have uh, somewhat of a little bit of a comeback like this. Well,
0: she's been directing a lot. So I know it's been a personal choice to direct more than act. So,
1: but I, but I think um, she always does great with, you know, she, she does great with kids. She has like 20 of her own Mm. and the, the relationship between her and this boy and how she builds the trust. And it's good. I thought it was good. It's HBO max.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. Right on. We'll check it out. I also watched a movie called dead sushi from 2012. Uh, this is fantastic. Dead sushi, dead sushi. It's a comedy horror. It's 91 minutes long. It's Japanese. A disgruntled researcher injects his former employer's meal with a serum that turns their sushi into flesh-eating monsters. They fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. I've watched it with friends. We also uh, watched it this week on our Discord f- because I watched it with friends and then like was uh, immediately saying, like it's actually streaming on Prime. It's one of those ones that... Doesn't normally stream very often, so if you're listening to this and you like comedy horror, uh, I would check it out. It's pretty great. Dead Sushi. I think I've seen a thing for it. It's pretty great. Well, because it's just now streaming. It doesn't normally stream, but it's a 2012 movie, so obviously been out a while. Uh, I would check it out. It's it's pretty great. Yeah, it's pretty great in the comedy horror world. And then also, there's just it's just you just laugh it's like little sushis that are flying and killing and i don't know i just got a lot of joy out of it i also watched a series called bonding uh there's a season one and a season two out i believe it's on netflix chains whips and hilarious quips (laughs) for grad student and dominatrix tiff played by zoe levin and her cash strapped gay best friend pete (laughs) Played by Brandon Chanel, Chanel, whatever, not sure. Sorry. Uh, S and M is a business, not a pleasure. Well, maybe there's a little pleasure. Their professional relationship redefines their friendship, but more importantly helps them find themselves. So this was a lot of fun, you know, little short episodes. I think every episode is probably 15 or 20 minutes long. Yeah. So it's really bingeable. There's two seasons. It's very funny. And she's a dominatrix and it's, hilarious yeah netflix there's only seven episodes in season one and eight episodes in season two i just like some more eyes on it because i found it very entertaining yeah so there's that Oh, did you watch The Perfection with Us on the Discord?
1: No, I missed that night. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to mention it because it I was I almost watched it later, but I didn't have time.
0: Yeah, I, I think you might like it. it okay. Uh, it was a patron suggestion, a blue suggested it as a movie watch and I, I really liked it. Two thousand eighteen was a horror mystery thriller, ninety minutes long. And uh it has our girl from girls. It has Which one? Um Allison Williams. Oh, okay. A troubled musical prodigy and a new star pupil embarked on a sinister path. (laughs) Yes, they do. I would, I would, it's entertaining. It's entertaining and a little bit surprising along the way. It's a little bit insane. And I liked it a lot.
1: I think I saw the preview for that one too, because I recognized her on it. It's got, you know,
0: blood splatter and some gore in it and some body horror, but it also, but that's not, it's, it's kind of like trashy art. Okay. I I liked it a lot. I just, I just had never seen it before. I don't think I I felt like it was familiar. So maybe, but then I was like, "Eh, no, I don't think I have. And it was a, a patron suggestion and I, and I programmed it and I don't know, I thought it was really good and I don't well we don't say that about everything do we
1: no did you watch anything else you'd like to share i watched the video dead a few weeks ago and i was willing i don't know if i was willing to share it or not because it's just (laughs) such an
0: old i was resistant to sharing have
1: you ever seen it no okay it's from 1987
0: oh okay yeah your heyday uh
1: i'll just give you the synopsis tell us us about it terrible (laughs) a family takes delivery of a new television set unaware that it is the gateway by which killer zombies enter the world Mm. um so this this brother and sister move into this house while the parents are out of town like the the parents are away on business or something so they (laughs) move in before the parents get home and Mm -hmm. there's a tv that's left in the house from the previous owner and the next thing you know it's just uh (laughs) <laughs> you know there's zombies everywhere coming out of this thing that's fun but yeah, it's it was bad huh um, i mean it was it, it was okay <laughs> uh, it had its moments the acting is so incredibly terrible it's almost almost worth watching because it's so bad <laughs> uh, is it
0: good bad funny bad funny bad? bad okay good funny bad yeah hey, i'm all about I, that. it's hard
1: to tell at that time if they're intentionally funny bad sure but um uh, it's kind of it's a cult classic okay yeah
0: you and I watched the tourist trap Joe Bob version together oh my
1: god did you enjoy
0: that because I know actually I I think I chose that Joe Bob we were doing a little like oh the Joe Bob season is over we should we should watch an old episode so I programmed the tourist trap episode which is the first first movie of the first marathon he did on Shudder and I, I actually chose that because
1: I know it's one of your faves that movie, I don't, I hate dolls and I hate mannequins and that's everything in there. Plus like a really sadistic, weird, creepy serial killer that is... Kathy was literally screaming
0: via oh, text during the whole thing.
1: I know. And then Ice is making fun of me and Pepper's <laughs> sitting back eating popcorn over it. She's like, I'm watching Kathy watching this. Um But it, I think I just have... Yeah, I have such those a are
0: those are your like weak points, those Dolls are your and points. mannequins,
1: all the uncanny
0: valley stuff. But then
1: you like that too. Yeah, you yeah. like yeah. to be scared. Oh, right? Of course, we, I we enjoy all do, it. right? Yeah. We all do.
0: Um, yeah. nineteen seventy-nine
1: Taurus T- Trap. Taurus Trap is a it's a classic. I mean, most people it who is. are into
0: horror have seen it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I would recommend getting Shudder and then watching the Joe Bob version because it's one it's of good. his fra- it's one of Joe Bob's favorite movies, so it's really fun to watch him kind of talk about it and he knows a lot about it as he does about most things but, yeah i mean and chuck connors is in it
1: yeah <laughs> and tanya roberts tanya Ro- he talks about tanya roberts a lot in and well the commentary she's too. a hottie yeah. and she wasn't super famous when she no. was in this movie so there's some pretty disturbing scenes in this movie well there's a lot of mannequins Yeah, but I I still... I'm saying that's disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. Giallo. (laughs) Giallo.
0: It's got a mannequin vibe to it. And the mannequins are super disturbing
1: in this. They like move and cackle and stuff. And and the the first scene during the day when all that shit's getting thrown at him in the room. Yes. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. (laughs) like, (laughs) Sound effects. I love it. It's
0: so bad. It's so bad. It's good. In a 1979 mannequin way. I just think the mannequins are exceptional. They are. (laughs) And then, of course, how's the plot and the story goes with the mannequins is also pretty hilarious and trashy and fun. And
1: and the whole time, I'm like, how
0: do these people not know that he murdered his wife? Oh, yes. There's plenty of plot holes. (laughs) (laughs) but we enjoyed it and uh it'd be a great thing to watch with some friends because the joe bob like pieces of it give you a break to learn something about it and get a drink and talk about it and stuff like that so it's a it's a fun movie to do that it is thank you so much for listening and have a very very safe and happy fourth of july this has been an episode of shrink chat my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone Hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.